Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, let's talk footy. The season start is getting closer, of course. The countdown to Vegas before that trials, pre-season and World Club Challenge to come. And this morning in the Sydney Morning Herald, Dan Walsh has written an article, The Question Your NRL Club wants answered in the February trial. So let's elaborate on that this morning with Dan, who's on the line. Morning, Dan. You've picked your way through the teams here and the questions most likely to be answered. So was there one in particular that jumped out at you? Morning, Matty. Uh, Oh, mate, there's plenty all over the place, isn't there? Uh, Personally, pretty fascinated by how the Dragons go in terms of Shane Flanagan getting into the place, very passionate fan base, as we know, and he's making some changes, and I think we'll see some of those play out across across these next three weeks throughout the trials. Uh, namely, for me, uh, Zach Lomax is a fascinating one in terms of uh, they had a scrimmage against Manly uh, last Friday, and granted, it was just a scrimmage. You can't overplay that, but... Uh, Zach Lomax ran around on the wing, which is uh, quite interesting in terms of we've seen him at right centre for a long time. We've heard him talked about at fullback, potentially. It looks like Tyrrell Sloan's going to get the nod there. So, uh, yeah, a real it's a fascinating watch as to where Zach Lomax, one of the Dragons' highest-paid players and one of their best players, where he lines up throughout February and then into March. Yeah, as you point out this morning, it is an intriguing situation into that one. It's a good word, and and also one that won't be resolved in the preseason, but um, we will know, like you say, a bit more by the end of them. While we're talking the Dragons, I referenced this earlier. Webby's written an article this morning um, pointing out that Shane Flanagan has said, look, our focus is 2025. In a couple of days, Flano has tipped Manly to win the comp and said, hey, Dragons fans, let's cool our jets. Do you like or don't like this kind of approach? Uh, yeah, it's interesting isn't it and you can see that Flano's spent a couple of years in the media he's probably picked up a few things about how to play storylines there uh, I think I like the fact that he's being realistic because let's be realistic I don't think that Dragons roster on face on value everyone fit across the NRL they're not in my top eight on paper and so I like the fact that he's being realistic and yeah, basically trying to buy, yeah, setting some expectations there and giving himself a bit of time and, yeah, looking after his players a little bit because the last thing that club needs is someone to come out and say, we'll be pushing, we'll be top eight, that'll be a failure if we don't make it because this is a long-term rebuild for the Dragons. I don't think anyone can pretend it's not. What about the Roosters? You asked the question this morning, what does Robbo do with his backline riches? Dominic Young arrives. Joey Manu, Joseph Suali'i, Daniel Tupo, Billy Smith, all jostling for four spots in the three-quarter line. Yeah, that's another really good... Jeez, it's a good backline, isn't it, Matty? Uh, For me, 
I'm genuinely torn. Uh, I actually got to have a chat with Joey Manu yesterday and we touched on, spoke about uh, rugby that's in the offing for him and what he's doing there. But the other side of things that we spoke about, that back line, and he said they've the guys have been training, they've each been trialling out different positions. Uh, from It sounds like Joey will keep that right centre spot where he's been the, the game's best centre for the last few years. But then he said he, himself and Joey Suwali'i especially have been moving around that back line a little bit. So I think Robbo still wants to... He wants to know exactly how it's going to line up. Uh, I think maybe Billy Smith, despite him having such a good year, for mine, he was one of the best centres towards the back end of the season in the competition. The game before he broke his jaw uh, in around that final series, he, he was man of the match and dominated South Sydney. But I think just maybe to start, he might be the unlucky man out. Uh, the thing about a rugby league season is, though, it's, what are we now, 27 rounds? They'll all get a go sooner rather than later. Something will come up and that back line depth, it'll be worth its weight in gold. On your chat with Joey Manu, so he's saying, look, if he's going to leave the Roosters, it's only to rugby union. What does he do here? James Tedesco is still contracted for this year and next so Joey Manu, if he wants to play fullback, is going to have to hang around this year and next. What's your gut feel? Again, I genuinely don't know, Matty. Uh, speaking to him, the one thing I, I he couldn't have been more or more emphatic that he won't play against the Roosters. I get the feeling you could drive a truckload of money up to Joey Manu's door, you would not get him in another NRL jumper. It just that was the message he got home. And then it was really interesting in terms of he didn't shy away from rugby at all. He spoke about the challenge of it. I get the feeling playing fullback isn't the be-all and end-all for him in rugby league. Of course, it's more there is just naturally more money in fullback, but I genuinely think he's happy to bide his time. And he looks up to James Tedesco. He spoke about his admiration for him, like everyone else at the club. So I think in terms of rugby and NRL it is he, he just kept coming back to the challenge of pushing himself in rugby and this is a guy with two premierships golden boot winner uh, you know, he's a walk up start for New Zealand he's one of the best in the code it might sway him across or he might just find it too hard to leave the roosters I honestly don't know and I don't think Joey knows at this point either some of the other clubs Dan um, before I let you go the Bulldogs I guess there's a, there's a general question here for the Bulldogs. Is there in the trials? And it's who lands where for Cameron Serraldo? Yeah, that, they, so their first game is uh, Feb 15, I think, on a Thursday night down at Belmore, which just sounds fantastic, doesn't it, uh, against the Storm. So it'll be a decent hit out. And, yeah, it'll be great to see who turns out, where Cameron Serraldo, you know, who he prioritises and what sort of combinations he goes with. Uh, Stephen Crichton's a fascinating one for me in terms of if Joey Manu's the best centre in the game, I'd argue Stephen Crichton's the man who goes closest to him in terms of pushing him for that title. Uh, and yet, I'd, you know, you think they've signed him on fullback money and to play fullback originally. So I don't think you can lose with Stephen Crichton there. It's what is best for your team in terms of uh, do you look at a Connor Tracy in the centres instead or is it a Blake Taff at fullback? Uh, there's just so many options for him there. And then, and I've only spoken about three of 
I think there's the best part of half a dozen guys who can play half a dozen positions. And again, I don't think we'll know. I don't think Cameron Seraldo will know uh, hard and fast by the end of the trials, but we'll definitely get a look at what he's thinking for that round one start. The Seagulls, it's often said that their season hinges on on Tom Trebojevic in particular, being fit going all the way through. The pre-season focus, however, on Josh Schuster and everything that's been going on leading up to this point. Is it all about um, Schuster in the in the short term here? Yeah, I so, uh, for the next couple of weeks, I think so, yeah. And the thing with Josh is we all know he's got all the talent in the world but Manly are managing him very carefully that because of the headlines that are around him, the pressure that comes on him, they're wary of this, this kid getting knocked around a bit and his confidence getting a dent because he is a, he is a different type of player who does have to be managed a little bit differently. And about a chicken pox, uh, a finger fracture that at one point, we were talking, there was, there's been a suggestion that it might have, to, might have had to have been amputated if they didn't go and get the surgery for it, uh, which is... Not something, not something anyone wants to hear. And then a calf strain, which is a recur, reoccurring injury, which those are sometimes the most frustrating ones, as Tommy Turbo can tell anyone. So, yeah, very much a management case for Josh. Uh, so Manly and Souths will have a hit out this Sunday. Uh, he won't be part of that, but they'll have him... They're aiming to have him on uh, playing some game time on February 17 against the Roosters. And then they're on the plane to Las Vegas four days later. So Josh needs to play in that Roosters game to get himself on the plane. And Manly's cautiously optimistic that he'll be able to do that. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he if they hold him back and say, look, let's get your body right. Let's let's just get you get your confidence up, get the training into you, and we'll look at round two when we're back in Australia. There's an extra it would be almost an extra month worth of training if they didn't take him to Vegas. But they're basically waiting and seeing how the next 10 or so days plays out. You get the feeling they'll err on the side of caution on that one and a bit of risk management, which leads me to my final question. All of the clubs, of course, are in your article, but we don't have time to go through them all. But Penrith, the reigning champs, so the club challenge. So it's a different approach for them, obviously. This is one they absolutely want. But is it another season for Ivan Cleary about management, not just this season, but also what's going to come next season and beyond? Yeah, a little bit, Matty. You're right, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that yeah, I can't overstate how much Penrith want that World Club challenge. I think the, the St. Helens upset last year, and it was one hell of an upset. That burns for those guys. So they're going to work out, yeah, that I think they're lining up with Manchester City. They'll have the best facilities going over in the UK. They'll work through that. Uh, last year, I think, was if they can get through that in terms of having an entire club effectively play at the World Cup, come off that, uh, yeah, it effectively set their pre-season back about six weeks. They were a slow burn throughout the first weeks of the competition, weren't they? But they ended up with the premiership at the end. And so Ivan, I think, will be looking a little bit towards 2025 in terms of what they do without Jerome Luai, who comes in there. But in the meantime, yeah, they've done the dance before of you know, building towards a premiership. And it's not bad being the three-time back-to-back premiers, is it? They're in a great spot again. 
Yeah, absolutely. Good on you, mate. Appreciate that. As I mentioned, you've covered every club in your uh, questions to be answered list. So we'll get more as the trials and World Club Challenge and preseason continues. And before we know it, we'll be bang straight back into it as Vegas knocks on our door. Thanks for your time this morning, Dan. Thanks, Matty. Anytime.